This is Two Jerks, One Vote, the Song Fight Review Podcast, and we'll be reviewing the Blue Woman Yes songs with our special guest, local celebrity and man about town, Brian Rader. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair, but you're not obliged to care. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight, and yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose when this song fight is done and your bands won. And by your bands won, I don't mean your bands won. With bands being a contraction of band has and won, meaning the past tense of win. Those are just tricky homonyms. What I'm really trying to say is that you're one of the losers. Yeah, welcome everybody. We uh, are getting started here on the podcast. Do we have any notes from the last fight that we want to get to? Let's see. Yes, you are a robot. Yeah, it was a it was a great fight. Uh, I think both of us maybe voted for everybody, and yeah. uh, Lunkhead ended up winning. He had a great "Impossible to Dislike" song, and I, I think he deserved it. I think I thought kind of everybody deserved it, but he, you know, I, I'm glad that he won. It's the power of the funk, man. That's right. That's right. That's right. Funky robots. That's the the key to winning, other than dick jokes. Funky robots. <laughs> So we have a guest joining us this time around, uh, again, making uh, the the title Two Jerks, One Vote uh, extremely inaccurate. Uh, we are pleased to introduce Brian Rader. He is uh, a poet and an artist, uh, multiple, multiple time NaNoWriMo champion, uh, regular Siegel lecturer, a uh, jerkatorium lyricist for for several of our songs and um, musician in his own right. Uh, he wrote the lyrics for Jerkatorium's Tired of Talking and Change is Coming and Derp Crew and Golf Song and a lot more. And um, over and above that, he's refined and touched up another like dozen sets of our lyrics. Uh, he's also the creator of the song fight Coverbot. And uh, Song Fight Coverbot, of course, now is occasionally upstaged by Happy Triangle, uh, who's an artist that he also had some hand in. You might also call him the co-creator of Happy Triangle. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, some trivia about Brian. Uh, Brian shot a man in Reno. Um, Brian Brian doesn't actually like music. He doesn't care for it at all. He finds it like distasteful and ostentatious. Uh, he thinks it's a, a frivolous diversion for preening dandies. Um, isn't that true, Brian? Uh, okay, I think there were a couple things he said in there that were true. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I don't remember now which ones they were. Okay, all right. Well, well fair enough. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I think... Um, uh, it's good to point out that uh, a lot of things you mentioned about what I've done, you know, indicates that I'm a bit of a jack of all trades and a master of none. So, um, and while I definitely do listen to music, I think it is fair to say that I don't f frequently listen to the type of music that is usually appears on Song Fight. So I do feel like I'm coming in f as a bit of an outsider. Okay. You know, just right. beside the fact also that I don't actually participate in song fights. So, I mean, I'm also an outsider in a literal sense, but the, all the, a lot of this music is, it's the sort of thing that uh, I only hear like in somebody else's car. You know? <laughs> okay. 
But yeah, I mean, I do know a little bit about song fight. You know, I've been a friend of Mike and Ryan's for a very long time. And of course, Ryan told me about song fight back when he started uh, monitoring on a regular basis, which was, I believe, um, 77 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) An amazing amount of time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Back then we would uh, we would submit via Edison cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, and the uh, the telegraph operators would uh, share the, the boat's results. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> We've be... come a long way. <laughs> yeah. God, I hated that guy, Jack. I always <laughs> make you pay extra for those because uh, he hated uh, uh, getting uh, telegraphs with numbers in them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, should we launch right into it? Sure, sure enough. All right, first up, we've got Berkeley Social Scene. voices are the ones that ring true but her fear is growing and making her drown she's tired of watching as injustices grew she's tired of shutting up and sitting down and let's see uh glenny once again wrote in and gave me some song notes on this particular track so let's see uh ken wrote the lyrics uh, Martin didn't show up. His mother's birthday was that night, so we couldn't do it. So, unfortunately, we got stuck with Lunkhead singing, which, you know, always works out well. Yeah. Um, let's see. And they, I guess before they started working on the song, they were kicking around how much they loved the old Weezer Blue album and all of its B-sides. So uh, that may be a bit of why we uh, we hear that Weezer influence in the song. So, you know, and right off the top, it starts with those harmonized guitars and uh, I don't know, I, I like this song quite a bit. This is one of my favorites of the fight due to, you know, the, the great lunkhead vocals. And then there's this really cool electric uh, piano chords that just accentuate things in just the right places. The chorus is great. It, it's stuck in my head. Like I remember making breakfast and humming the chorus and going, damn you, lunkhead. <laughs> and, you know, and then the guitar solo, which I think lunkhead did as well, is this great sort of melodic guitar solo that that kind of touches on some of the melodic contours of the vocal melody and gets all harmonized at the end. It's totally sweet. Uh, and I feel like it'll be some sort of goddamn travesty if this song doesn't win. This is like Berkeley social scene at their A game. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a lot in terms of criticism, but it, I, I heard the same thing that I think Paco mentioned, is that, you know, right before the guitar solo, there's this tiny little keyboard solo, which is almost comically wimpy compared to what happens next, which is the guitar solo. And, you know, maybe that's just supposed to be the calm before the storm or something, and it's supposed to add contrast. to. I mean, it's not bad or anything. I just noticed it as a, as a little bit odd, but that's pretty much all I had on the as far as criticism goes. Yeah, no, I, I also thought it was a great doubled-up harmony guitar, or guitarmony, as, as it's uh, been called before, the, you know, the stretching out for your boat, Chumpy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was I, I kind of suspected it had to have been Lunkhead singing, because it doesn't sound like Martin or Ken. So yeah, it does great, great singing. And here, here comes my backhanded compliment. Um, when I was first listening to this, I was like, wow, this is the sound that, that we should have been going for the jerkatorium should have been going for and lately i haven't had that thought about most of the berkeley social scene songs you know but this is solid it's clean it's catchy and uh weezer-esque it's it's great stuff yeah what did you think brian okay well 
You know, I, I got to say this was not uh, one that I really liked. To start with, I did think that they did, uh, I appreciate the contrast that uh, came up between the chorus and the verses. I don't know if that's uh, part of what you guys mean by, we I don't really know what you mean by Weezer-esque though. What is, what is I, I've only know like their, their sweater song. So what does that, what does that even mean? Oh, um, I, I think we have a, a clip. Should, oh yeah? Yeah, yeah, maybe we should listen to that. That would be great. All right, yeah. So that was Weezer um, doing uh, "Buddy Holly," which was another big hit by them. Yeah, that that was definitely. I, I don't I don't feel like I understand Weezer esque any better, actually. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Well, let's let's leave it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I um, I should just point out, you know, since I'm I feel like an outsider, nobody has to care what my opinion is. So I'm just going to go ahead and barrel through. I really didn't like the guy's voice. Oh, okay, um, and I, I can't really point to any reason why, just the way it sounded. All right. Anything um, else uh, strike you about the track? Yeah, I hope this doesn't sound. Uh, this part doesn't sound unfair either. But as far as the lyrics go, I, I appreciated the sentiment behind it, but I kind of dislike the the approach where you've got, especially when you have like a lyrics where you're speaking to a single woman, but they're kind of standing in for all women. You run this risk of sort of like mythologizing things. And, you know, especially minorities, I have this problem where almost everything they do is expected to stand in for as a representative of their entire uh, group. I just, you know, I, I think a, a different approach would have been better. Okay. So I don't know if you guys uh, get what I'm talking about. I think I do. Uh, yeah. You know, it just—it's one of those things that just kind of strikes me a little bit. I, I you know, and maybe I'm being excessively picky, but yeah. I, I don't. Especially like you know, if you are not in that group, you got to be a little more careful about how you approach. If you talk about the somebody in the group, and like especially if you sound like you're telling them what to do, you know, it's it can get uh, into, you can strike a wrong note even with the best of intentions. <laughs> okay, and that's kind of how I felt about the lyrics. Ryan, did you feel like this is one of the Kavanaugh songs? No, no. No, okay. No, I, I, I did not. Well, actually, I, before I say that for sure, let me let me take another quick glance at the lyrics here. Yeah, I just yeah, did I that, would... and I get the feeling you could could read it that way. I mean, that's the best way if you're going to make a song about something like a you know a current event like that. It's it's best to to not cling too closely to the storyline or make it too obvious. Looking over it, yeah, that's a, I. Huh. I'm not very good at trying to interpret lyrics. Uh, it could just be that, that maybe that's what they were going for, but um, I don't know. I didn't think of it that much. My reaction was that it wasn't specifically about Kavanaugh, especially like, you know, a lot of it was just about the general problems with this current status of our patriarchy it, until the line, she's tired of standing up against the clowns. That to me really felt a little more pointed. You know, whereas like the other things you could have said is just about, you know, we're feeling unsafe in the world in general. But that in particular made me think it's got to be a reference to the Senate. Yeah. Other than that, though, yeah, I, I think I don't think they were going for you to for people to read it specifically about the Kavanaugh situation. 
Okay. All right, let's let's move on. Next, we've got Ghost Pup. I feel I'm drowning when I see you. Eyes like a river, deepest blue. I was just drifting. I float on through, but now I'm diving into you. One thing I, I had to Google right away is what is that instrument that makes that sort of scratchy ratcheting sound? I know. It's a guiro. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, I remember from my grammar school days that that instrument is a gourd that is shaped like a fish. Mm-hmm. Very cool sound. Um, so my notes say a lot of people commented on the sort of jazzy lounge sort of feel that the song has, and I like that as well. I thought the guitar solo was pretty and short, which is nice. Ghost Pup is also in the same club as Jerkatorium and Paco in that they used the word azure, uh, you know, an uncommon word for blue. I guess it's not that uncommon anymore since Microsoft named a product that... <laughs> There's um, not a lot when when there's not a lot going on in the song for your ears to really latch onto. I think you tend to focus on the vocals, and they were a little bit pitchy in places and just a little bit rough. So I think it might have been nice to have some more elements in the song. Uh, I got taken by the fake ending, so congratulations, you faked me out. Um, that's about all I had for this. For this, what about you, Ryan? I thought it was like. You know, pretty unobtrusive background music. Uh, I, I also thought the you know vocals were pitchy in a couple of spots, but but I didn't think it mattered much since they're mostly going for personality. You know, and yeah. the song has personality, and it's got that sort of Leonard Cohen meets Burt Bacharach vibe. But uh, but I thought it was ultimately pretty boring. You know, there's there's nothing really in this song for me. It kind of comes and it goes, and it didn't really make a big impression. I was uh, I'm tempted to vote for encouragement you know but uh you know it's a new ish player uh they they only have one other song fight submission way back in uh from 2013 but i went back and listened to that 2013 song and um this is a market improvement yeah, uh cool but but still i i you know this this the song really didn't didn't hit me yeah and that's about it what do you what do you think brian I thought uh, the music was, you know, it was okay for a slow song. Um, it worked for me. As far as just the pure music goes, the lyrics almost forgettable. Um, and the sound of the voice, the voice has kind of this over-the-top smurmy sort of sound. I can't tell if they do, were doing that on purpose or not. It completely changes how I'm supposed to hear the, the lyrics, I feel. And the lyrics didn't seem to encourage a satirical uh reading so yeah. i i kind of wish they had like dialed it back with uh with the with the goofy uh, uh voice sounds mm -hmm. the only thing i have in my notes is that i felt that the gyro was just a little too loud it should have been brought down a tiny bit all right no uh, no <laughs> anyone else i was just like did, it, did anyone else get that no, I didn't. I didn't hear that. Although um, other commenters on the boards had some things to say about the percussion, I don't remember exactly, but I I, I remember that some some people brought it up. No, actually, I meant about the the voice. Oh yeah, yeah. I get I get what you're saying about it was hard to tell if it was sincere or satirical. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, which if it was sincere is 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 so so sad. <laughs> I don't remember a, being sad. I just thought it was kind no, of cliche. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, it's a mean thing to say if it was sincere, right? No, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I can't tell if you're joking. That's like the the, mm-hmm. the worst comeback to something to anything sincere that anybody says. <laughs> I love, I love you, you. I can't tell if you're joking. Really? <laughs> exactly. All right, let, let's move on to Glenn Case. There's a time to heal when everything has left you distraught. And you may lose the fight, but at least you stood up and fought. She has the right to be angry. She has the right to be sad. In full disclosure, I have to admit that I am a Glenn Case fanboy and I pretty much love everything he's ever done. So, uh, you know, this lush kind of jangly pop, I'm predisposed to love, um, and I do. So one thing that, you know, beyond the normal Glenn Case goodness, the thing that I noticed most about the song is the vocal magic. And he has some subtle uses of harmony, like it's used sparingly on the vo- on the verses to punctuate lines. Like there's a line, uh, she has the right to be angry, um, and you know, it's just in the, it's not everywhere in the verse lyrics, but, uh, on, on certain lines, he just uses it to highlight them in the verses and it's great. And then the harmony goes full on in the chorus. And this is not the kind of pitch shifted robotic harmony like the, like we do, Ryan, where you just yeah. take a, you know, a copy of a vocal track and then you have the computer pitch shift the notes to thirds and sixes or whatever this is actually like organically sung and it doesn't overlap with the lead track exactly it trails it a bit which i think sounds way better um my takeaway from this is that like i think we all have a lot of room to improve in our use of harmony and um i'm curious if if Glenn like works the harmony out on paper first or if he just has an ear for it and then does it live I don't know but um, that's, that's something I would definitely like to improve in some of our stuff is just better sounding harmony because uh, how dare you <laughs> how dare you man I know I know like, finally somebody can say the truth <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving <laughs> but Goodbye. like this is, I, I feel like this is one of the other songs in this fight that may give uh, Berkeley social scene a run for their money in terms of polish and professionalism. Um, I love this track. This is a great track. Yeah, uh, I thought it was great production as usual. It's wonderfully catchy as usual, uh, and I, I don't want to like diminish it by saying as usual. It's just a, a great song. Um, the groupings of measures uh, I thought was really interesting. You know, where anybody else would do four measures in a row during the verses and the fills, he just does three. Uh, before he goes into the next section and uh, and for this song it works great and it sounds different um, uh, I am going to be a little defensive about our backing vocals uh, I, we only do one track of uh, Robo Chump vocals as I call them which is and, and all the rest of it is organically me singing it occasionally I fix a note occasionally I fix every note <laughs> but uh, all of my you know harmony tracks are me singing three separate different uh, different times for the, the harmonies but uh, and uh, to be honest for, for this song for this Glenn case song though I would have done the backing vocals a little differently and uh, that's just an observation not a criticism while listening to it I would I was thinking like oh if this were me I would do I would do this other thing. And uh, again, it, it didn't, you know, impact my 
my preference for the song. So I, I still like it and still going to vote for it and everything. But, uh, but yeah, just a, just an observation. What do you think, Brian? I like this track because it uh, kind of highlights a bit like the uh, contrast with what I was talking about with the Berkeley social scene. I felt like this, uh, the lyrics on this song did a better job of approaching it, uh, this situation. It feels more like this person is talking to uh, a woman who's a peer. Um, and especially like, so like the, the use of we, we will fight. I don't have the exact specifics in front of me. It looks like Glenn Case was like the only person who didn't actually post their lyrics. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just like, this is like, if you're going to be a man talking about uh, a, a woman specific issue, this is the kind of the, a better approach for it. And so I really appreciate that. Yeah, this is definitely um, I, a Kavanaugh song, right? Again, ah, damn it, I, I have to go back and listen to it because I don't have the lyrics to re- reference. My my first impression was that you could uh, you could kind of hedge. It certainly seemed uh, timely, but I don't know if it would sound necessarily out of place because it doesn't it doesn't refer to any specifics about the situation. It's not like we're not going to have you know something equally awful happening you know next month. Yeah, yeah. I, th- there was a Glennie song from a couple back that we were thinking had to have been about the Kavanaugh uh, stuff, and right. he asserted, you know, in the boards afterwards that it was not. And I went over it and I read it, and I'm like, I can see how this would just be about a relationship. And then I was thinking about it and how, like, you know, our song "We Should," if you were, if we were going to make it now, it could easily sort of be taken as this tasteless sort of uh, comment on the Kavanaugh stuff too. If you're, <laughs> viewing, if you're viewing everything through that lens, then everything can sound either uh, off uh, potentially or too spot on or uh, insensitive. And it's, it's kind of hard to say. So I think if we, we probably just have to take these at face value. Well, I think it's definitely safe to say that this is, that this song is about uh, women's rights in general. Oh yeah, you know, but uh, that's that's pretty upfront. Whether you wanted it to be specifically heard as about Kavanaugh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Moving on, we've got Glennie. When it's all said and done, you're not the only one. I guess you had your fun. He wrote to me and said that uh, Smurfette seemed like a really obvious choice for this song, and he's surprised more people didn't do it. So he busted out the banjo, the mandolin, and the acoustic for this. Um, I would also say that I also expect there to be more than one song about (laughs) Smurfette. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that I have in my notes, too. Didn't occur to me until after I heard this song, and it's like, oh, yeah, why why didn't everybody do this? Right. (laughs) Um, So apparently those really low notes in the song... What he did is he sang them up a couple of steps and had the computer pitch them back down again, which gives them a certain quality. And uh, Vom Vorten noted on the boards that he thought that they sort of bordered on Muppet territory. And I was, and I thought, back off, Glennie. Sounding like a Muppet is my thing. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. But yeah. Why, why don't people not appreciate uh, each other's territories anymore? I swear. <laughs> what do you have to do to mark out a space? Yeah, we use guitars. Nobody else uses <laughs> But yeah, this is a fun and silly song, and uh, it you know it 
lets Lenny show off his ability to play pretty much any instrument with strings on it. And I, I noticed that Glenny mentioned that he plays the glockenspiel in his profile, and he makes great use of it here. It really adds a certain special something. And, you know, it's just a fun song about Smurfette. What's not to like? Uh, Glenny often, like, kills it when he goes for funny. Ryan, do you remember his song 49 Ways to Land a Dude from uh, yeah. Spin Tunes 14? Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this reminded me of. You know, in that song, he, uh, he bleeped out all the naughty words for body parts, but it was obvious what they were supposed to be because of the rhymes. So that reminded me of this. I heard that song. I had such a hard time not shutting it off. I hated oh. it so much. <laughs> it was funny that he entered that as a shadow because I, I thought that would have that would have done better than his, his actual. I mean, entry. it was obnoxious and a, and a drum joke, and then the bleeps just made it so <laughs> annoying to listen to because they were just so loud. <laughs> what did you think, Ryan? Uh, oh, I, I thought um, you know the instrumentation was super cool. The banjo, the mandolin, the mellotron, etc. Lyrically, I thought it was a little, um, like, like, is the word precious, you know? Like, if if it was the Southeast, I might be thinking, you know, oh, bless his heart, you know? But that's just the lyrics, you know? Like, like they're they're adorable, you know? The the strictly, you know, the the strictly me saying this in a patronizing a-hole sense, you know, they're, it's it's very much a novelty song. And uh, you got to accept that and then kind of move on with the the rest of it. but uh, but yeah, w- with it being a novelty song, it has all the positives and the drawbacks implied with with that label. You know, it'd be hard to deny that. Uh, what with the odd voices and the spoken word sections, and it's hard to get around. Um, now you could say the same thing about like Lunkheads. Yes, you're a robot from last week. So why did I love that funky robot song? But I'm not as excited about this Smurfette song. You know, I, I, I can't answer that to any, any, in any satisfactory way. Oh, because this one is not funky. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Funk I was going to go with that too. Yeah. <laughs> the, the funk does have its own currency. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what are your thoughts on this one? Okay. Um, I, uh, I love the music. To this thing the mandolin was great the uh, all the instruments were great the way they contrasted and, and how they used them together it, it was just bouncy and just the right way i loved it um and you know if i had positive memories of the smurfs i might have enjoyed the song as a whole but like i said i expected there to be several songs about smurfette and so there's nothing terrible about the lyrics but they were not just not my thing and and of course the voice was off-putting although Admittedly, the voice was perfect for what the lyrics were doing. So I'm not actually, you know, going to give them a hard time about that. And uh, I, I did appreciate the the line, boom, boom, come back to my mushroom. It, had a, it was it was well-timed and, you know, it had a good effect. But other than that, you know, I would love to have a recording of just the instrumentals. Yeah, those those lyrics, boom, boom, come back to my mushroom. You know, there, there was a song in the 80s. Oh uh, by, yeah, by a guy named Paul Lakakis. It was a it was a big sort of Paul Lakakis. Uh, it was this '80s. It was like this one-hit wonder '80s dance number that uh, that I remember. You know, huh. from, uh, from what was it called? It's called uh, Boom Boom Boom. I think and we have a clip of that. Do we? Yeah, I, I don't remember this song at all. Okay, well, well, let's listen to the clip. Maybe it'll uh, spur your memory. I'd like to talk to you. 
You know, these clips are making me feel like I know less than before we started. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Was was Fred Schneider from the B-52s in that band? Because it sounds like him a little bit there. (laughs) Yeah, it must must have been. Yeah. Well, no, I think think that sounded like one of the Smurfs. I can't can't quite tell. (laughs) I'm so confused. All right. Uh, I think it's best if we just move on. Uh, let's yes. see. Uh, yes, next we have Jerkatorium. In times of yore, with my people at war, I saw Polly with the Blue Queen. Riding with haste through the fields laid to waste, a harvest of ash which to glean. A stallion blonde appeared before dawn. I marked woods I could not recant. And let's see. I, I had a hard time listening to this again. Uh, the vocals are pitchy in places, and that uh, the chorus vocal. There's this warbly vibrato that sounds awful. This is this is not our finest hour. I thought Ryan's guitar licks were pretty great, but they're a little bit too quiet in the final chorus. Like whoever mixed that needs to go fix that. Uh, what else did I think about? You mix it. You fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. With the lyrics, I tried to pull off this sort of Ween-inspired, over-the-top fantasy butt-rock-type song, and in the end, I think I just came up short. Like, the problem is, it's like, you don't know if it's ridiculous or serious. Like, it's on the wrong side of the ridiculous-serious line, and I I don't think it was effectively funny or at all sort of Ween-esque in that parody celebration sort of thing that they do that I like. I don't know. Mixed bag. What do you think, Ryan? Well, I, I have like either either a, a nice short, you know, sort of take on this, or uh, or a long rant. Uh, and the, the short both. take is I have oh, okay. Well, the short take is uh, I have genre bias against this song, and and I had it from the beginning, so that's it. But I don't know. Do you want the long rant too? Because it's <laughs> it's it's uh, vicious and violent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. I don't have feelings. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So I'm not. I am not fond of this song, and I hate spending hours and hours putting my best work into a song that I don't want to listen to. You know, and there, there's a lot to disappoint me in this song. Now, first off, I'd had high hopes. You know, when I saw the lyrics, I was expecting another dominatrix. You know, our, our song dominatrix, which was based on the the, the gore novels. Um, which I thought was great. You know, I really like our song Dominatrix, and uh, that was that was also a chumpy pitch. And uh, I inaccurately and unsupportably assumed that Chumpy had a grander vision for this song. And it's it's ridiculous for me to be disappointed in that. You know, you, you, Chumpy did not promise any such thing with that. But but still, it's like I, I thought that this could turn into something like Dominatrix, and so I was disappointed when it didn't. But in general, like, I don't know what this song is. You know, I don't know who this song is for. You know, it, it's not funny enough to be parody. It's not over the top enough to be parody. And, and I mean, it's, it's not like an homage or whatever it is. Is it? I mean, it, it can't be an homage to our Alice Cooper slash Twisted, Twisted Sister Roots when, <laughs> when that's not where we come from. Yeah, that's not where we come from. And that's not what we like. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not your roots? <laughs> You're nope. making me sad. I, no, it's I, not. My head just like exploded all over the place. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so we, we do dress up like that when we record, but you know, like Twisted Sister or Alice Cooper, but, but that's unrelated to, to the, the, the music itself. So, yeah. That uh, so when you see us, we look like Twisted Sister. But, you know, when we, when we're recording, we're all businessmen. Oh, man. I, I, my face is red. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what did, what did you think, Brian? I know that you saw the lyrics ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Admittedly, yeah, I also have genre bias um, as well, of course. This isn't my thing. I, I think it's clear that it's not parody. Uh, I didn't have that problem with it, but I feel like if it's not parody, it really it needed uh, to be different. I feel like this would have worked a lot better with uh, less of a ween-like vo uh, vocals and a lot less electric guitar. The electric guitar <laughs> made it feel like it came from the Lady Hawk soundtrack, you know? <laughs> It's just like with a, with something a little more period appropriate sounding, not necessarily period instruments, but just something that kind of evoked that. I think it would have uh, it would have gone through a lot better. And yeah. I say like just own it, just like take the pentangle route, you know, or whatever, and just like play it like your your uh, own invented uh, folk tale, and that would have gone well. Yeah, I think maybe with some more Renfair type instrumentation, it could have been better, but. Well, I don't think you have to go over the top because then you run the risk of, of it actually sounding like parody again. But just, you know, just a little, you could probably still use a guitar, but it just has to sound, you know, a little bit more like uh, something older. We we dis discussed that like while we were while we were making this song, and at at some point, like I realized that th there's no way to get this anyplace other than Alice Cooper. And I'm like, okay, why don't we totally derail it? And, uh, <laughs> we probably should have, but you know, you you weren't into that idea. Of course, I wasn't going. I wasn't thinking about Renfair. I was thinking about more roller disco. <laughs> but, uh, but I thought I thought anything could have improved the sound. I was like, this this train is going in the wrong direction. Come all on! All right, but, all right. I think the, just the best right. thing is to never speak of this again. Well, hang on. I I, I do have a few other things to say. All right. You know, I do think that uh, the music of the chorus was really good. It was the highlight of the song. Um, I think the chord progression in the chorus was great. Um, it really worked well for the song. I didn't have a problem with the sort of uh, light warble that Mike put into his vocals. Uh, it, it worked for the uh, for the sound you were going for. The line, quote, the old crone, he who seeks the blue throne, uh, crone and he get run together. It sounds like crony. That's, I would go back and re-record that line. <laughs> So that's my only specific criticism. All right, we'll we'll have you on hand when we remix it for our retrospective, <laughs> for our for our box set of B sides. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think enough navel gazing here. What do you say we move on to Lichen Throat? Hey there, Christine. How could they be so mean when you were just fifteen, blue woman? Yes. I cannot know your sorrow As sharp as a sorrow Not now and not uh, Let's see, um, so right away I just, I hear those strings uh, Or actually it's the, uh, excuse me, the sampled guitar um, That is just that, that lichen throat sound that we're all pretty used to And um, I'm just, oh yeah, another lichen throat song It's just, it, that 
the the sampled guitar notes just they really get are starting to get to me a little bit now. Um, although I do like the way he used strings to sort of play against those uh, that sampled guitar and make it sound a little bit better. Uh, let's see what else do my notes say. Uh, this is another take a Kavanaugh take on the title I think. Um, and I know on the boards, Lycanthrope mentioned that this, you know, before Songfight, he had never really tried to sing before, and he found it sort of hard to get the timing right. And I think on the last podcast, I had complained about his timing, and I'm saying, you know, this is something he can probably work to get right. But yeah, he does struggle with it, and he says that he can't really hear when his timing is off. And um, so my suggestion would be is when you can't hear something, see if you can see it in the DAW. Sometimes it's relatively easy to see timing in the DAW, like the way the transients and waves can, you know, align with beat markers. So if you can turn on like, you know, grid, the grid in your DAW and you can see where the waves hit the beat markers, you know, sometimes you can just sort of push things around. I mean, uh, Logic has this great flex time feature that we use a lot to make sure stuff is in time. Um, but if you can't do that, you can do what we used to do, which is just to cut up the wave files and then just to sort of push them manually to the, the beats you want them to go on. Also, that's a really an easy recipe for just making a total hash of something. But, you know, sometimes it can, it can help you or give you a guide track, which is, you know, at least something that you can listen to while you're trying to sing. So it's on time. Um, I'm, I'm I'm gonna, I'm not sure, but I think part of the problem might also be that that he might not I I don't know, but he might not recognize uh, after recording that he's not on the beats that he wants to be on. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. true. Uh, okay, so I just want to say right off the bat uh, that Lycanthroat is a great name. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> not, I mean, not only is it just a, a hilarious pun, but it also it sets the expectation of the listener of like what the vocals are going to be like and i love that <laughs> i also have to give uh like and throw props he's one of the few uh people that i recognize from actually listening to a previous song fight and uh, i gotta say i was just floored when i suddenly realized i was listening to a song about david trampier it just completely caught me off guard but oh that's the artist um, from the dragon magazine uh well just from the D world yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That, that's, anyway. that's quite old uh that that piece of his but yeah yeah, that's the only one piece of his that I've heard before. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like, I mean, it depends on what he wants to do, obviously. And I'm sure he finds your uh, advice helpful, but I, I my attitudes go in the opposite direction. You know, he should try to write music that, you know, that works better with the fact that his voice isn't going, his, isn't going to be lined up rhythmically. You know, I think if he, uh, the voice really should have been dropped down on this one. It should be a little bit more in the background and it shouldn't sound like it's trying to get in rhythm and failing. It should just kind of flow in its own logic, which I think is something that he could do. I also have a real problem uh, also um, lining up my voice when I'm listening to music. And I don't think it's a matter of just not being able to hear it. I don't think seeing it actually helps for me. It's just once I start talking, my, I just, my mouth has just certain its own rhythms and it's really hard to derail those without a lot of practice. I would recommend he consider trying that. There was this one band from a long time ago called the Tinder Sticks. They had kind of a similar sort of thing where they almost never sang. It was just kind of kind of just a intonation and the the lead vocalist was actually really quiet. You really had to strain to hear what he said. I wouldn't quite go that far, but I think it's the sort of thing that uh, it's a, it's a it works. It can work. 
And I think it would work. It would fit well with his vocal quality. Hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's sort of like what you did on Sheathed. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Although <laughs> I consider that just to be uh, just like a more like a reading a poem with just some music in the background rather than, you know, actually being a song per se. Yeah, but you know, it's if uh, if it if it flows like that, mm-hmm. it's fine. Is not yeah, exactly attached to the music. Then yeah. yeah, that works. Although I imagine you probably get uh, dinged a lot on the song fight porch for that, but maybe just as much as he is now for being out of rhythm. Could be. Yeah. Also, is that really a sample guitar? It sounded so much to me like a synthesized string sound. Oh, maybe that. Uh, yeah, that's probably what it is. It's not sampled. I, I guess I made a mistake there. Yeah, I was just, I was just like, good. when I first heard it, I said that sounds so much like the car plus strong uh, algorithm for string sounds. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it, to me, it sounds like a mallet striking a, a string. Yeah. Huh. I, I think I just made an assumption that it was like a, a sample uh, guitar, individual string being played. Mm-hmm. And, which has its own sort of a sound, but doesn't sound like anybody plays guitar. Yeah. And that's, I it doesn't sound like anybody plucking guitar and it doesn't sound like anybody strumming a guitar. So, yeah. but I mean, but that's, I, I think that if that was what he was going for, that he would, uh, he would be doing it differently anyway. So I'm, I'm not holding that part against him. Yeah. I think if you heard the, uh, the synthesized string sound compared with him, I think you'd uh, see the connection. Also, I just, one last thing, this is, there is no ambiguity about the song. This is definitely about the Kavanaugh hearings. He makes that clear in the very first line when he references Christine. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you, uh, Ryan? Uh, let's see. One thing I noticed was uh, Leckenthrote wrote that he'd uh, recorded the song in a hotel room using uh, the microphone built into his headphones. And uh, it's not terrible recording quality, you know, considering um so yeah that's uh that's sort of fine but you know like i've ranted about in previous podcasts i kind of give zero points for incidental constraints judging this as a lichen throat song i think it's a kind of a step backwards from from last week last week i i kind of i liked what he'd done and uh this time around it seems very much more in line with his kind of more the lycanthrope formula kind of going i I like as usual great lyrics but um but the rest of it is kind of boilerplate lycanthrope you know so judging it just as a song song um i think it's a little weak and it suffers a lot from the same criticisms of his his portfolio you know and uh, I've mentioned those before, and I'm not going to harp on them again. Um, so, yeah, good lyrics. Uh, I like those triple rhymes all the way through, but uh, I don't think they redeemed the song. You know, he's got like three. It's like A, 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 B, um, then C, 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 D. And or, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it's A, A, A. And then the then the, the, the line blue woman. Yes. At the end of each one. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that's neat. I like the triple rhymes and I like mm-hmm. the lyrics and he's a great lyricist anyway. But yeah. the rest of the song. Eh. I think if we were to want in, to do in the future, if we wanted to create a sort of like a, a lycanthrope sound alike, uh, he uses this program called MuseScore, which I think is where the synthesizer sounds come from. Okay. So yeah. yeah, it's an open source program. We might be able mm-hmm. to do something with that and just to to capture that lycanthrope sound if we want to try to do something sometime. <laughs> we were doing one of, the, one of those one of those total dick moves where we say, <laughs> we say this is how we correct lycanthrope style. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that in a future bit, Ryan. Oh yeah, I I, uh, I, I yeah, don't well, think. In- 
I don't think any of us could actually do justice to his voice, though. It, no, it I don't think any of us get that deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, in any sense of the, uh, the word. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Paco Del Stinko. So many miles from Montana, you're never going home. Trundled into mystery, forever in the glow. A lot was said in the, on the boards about the sort of country rock sound that he manages to get with his guitars. Uh, you know, there's some Alvin Brothers comparisons. I think that sounds cool. I, I really like the sort of psychedelic breakdown that he had in the middle of the song. I mean, there's a lot of sort of dense layers to the music, and to me it sounds great. Paco does great things with backing vocals, and there's some really kind of spooky and cool ahs and some soft wailing during the psychedelic breakdown along with those ahs that I thought sounded really, really cool. It kind of reminded me of sort of some Fleet Foxes type harmony in that in that moment. So I, I thought that was really great. You know, and Glennie mentioned that there are some really superb dynamics in this song. And I, I definitely heard, you know, when it got soft and then loud, but there's this one spot whether there's this line the hissing when we sup with your pissings and that's a great spot that just highlights those dynamics like it just everything is quiet in the beginning and then it just crescendos to loud with pissings um i thought that sounded really cool i think that this this song is a little bit uneven in its catchiness and stuff so it, it may not be a crowd favorite but this is another really highly polished song in this fight yeah yeah uh, I love that slide guitar and the other jingle jangly guitar is great. Uh, excellent backing vocals. Just, yeah, just like really good. Um, great lyrics. And uh, both um, Lycanthroat and Paco are bringing the good sort of triple rhymes this time around. So uh, I, I just mentioned uh, Lycanthroat's triple rhymes, but, but Paco also has them. Let me see here. So home, gloam, groan, warned, shorn, thorns. You know, it's it's uh, mm -hmm. he does that all throughout the the verses, and it's really cool. Yeah, good use of the word gloam too. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I wish I knew what the lyrics were about, though. I mean, like I don't know if there's some sort of a sci-fi thing or a riddle of some sort or what. It's, it's, it's really yeah, I couldn't figure it out either, but they're definitely about something. <laughs> Yeah, I think he drove yeah. Glenny crazy on the boards too. He's like, "What is the song about? It makes me feel dumb." <laughs> oh yeah, I just, I just third that. Yeah, the uh, it actually, it's I found it just actually distracting. You know, it's when the when the lyrics seem to be so clearly about something and there's just nothing to get a handle on. I, I have a hard time getting my analytical brain to just shut off and enjoy the music, and so it actually works against the song in some ways. That's why I hate that. That's why we all hate They Might Be Giants so much, right? See, that's the thing. They Might Be Giants, it doesn't have the same effect. With They Might Be Giants, I feel like they're communicating uh, a feeling or uh, in a situation, whereas this needs to be specifically talking about an actual incident yeah. or a reference to something in literature. And that's different. You know, if he had gone the They Might Be Giants route, where he just like had all these emotions and feelings and reactions and, and a couple of uh, concrete things to, to kind of wonder about, it would have been a very different effect on me. Yeah. 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 No, that, that, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the end of my comments too. Do you have a, a sort of a general? Oh um, yeah. Well just um, the music. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys. The music was, they worked for me. I am a big fan of doing something with the dynamics and not just keeping them 
you know, pinned to the top the all the way through. Um, the, uh, the density of the rhythm changes, they did work for me, but not the first listen. The first time through, I was actually finding them pretty annoying. Uh, it's something that had to grow on me. But again, I'm also a fan of rhythm changes. I think it just needs a little bit more finesse and maybe a little bit less density to, to work better. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Pig Farmer Jr. I see you staring, but your eyes are empty. Lost in thoughts of ancient memories. Seems like you're lost and you don't want to be found. There were a number of, you know, John Cougar, Mellencamp, Neil Diamond comparisons on the boards, uh, which which I could hear. I, I liked the, the slow and sparse arrangement to a certain extent. I guess what I didn't like is the the percussion sounded like a lot like a click track to me. And I know it's like this sort of 8-bit percussion and bass that he was going for. But, you know, it's better than just G and G, but like the, the, the click track sound kind of bugged me a little bit. But what really lit up my ears during the song is the chorus. It's a great chorus, great singing, uh, and the harmonies on the chorus were totally sweet. Again, totally natural harmonies. And this is one of Pig Farmer's best vocal performances. Just sounded great to me. This is funny, but this is one of those songs that I feel is like crying out for a community remix. Like, you know, Paco mentioned that he would love to add some twangy guitar to this and other folks could maybe work on some natural sounding percussion. I think this, with some of those tweaks and like some remixing, the song could go from good to great. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a perfectly fine song. You know, I, I don't like that tack tack percussion sound you know i thought it sounded like those annoying kinetic action desk toys <laughs> right you know? right and like the ones with the metal balls hitting each other um but yeah in general it's fine uh this the song you know it, it didn't have anything new in it it wasn't particularly memorable to me and although i spent half of this review complaining about that tack tack sound i, I kind of don't hold it against this song you know uh, i thought the song could really be improved by adding like a bridge or something to break it up because it's kind of, you know, the same thing more or less all the way through. So fine, um, unobtrusive. Um, but then I'm going to rant now about some late breaking stuff. You know, I, I don't spend a lot of time on the boards, but I skimmed them before we started recording. And Pig Farmer Jr. says he spends an hour or two tops on these recordings. Um, now, I've always kind of ranted about such practices in previous podcasts, so... I'm going to limit my comments to, you know, a handful of words, you know. So, you know, if you're half-assing your submissions, then fine. You know, it shows. Uh, most of the rest of us are making an earnest effort, so I'll continue to vote for most of the rest of us. And I, I really don't get it. I mean, is is are these comments, like, some excuse for poor production, or is it some weird attempt at a brag, like, see what I can do in an hour? You know, whatever it is, I, I don't think it's cool. Or, or maybe it's just idle chatter uh, from him on the boards and I'm overanalyzing it. But it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, can, I can understand, especially since you are, uh, you know, also a participant. To me that, uh, I don't know, I, I don't have the same reaction to that at all, though. I do feel like, yeah, it is kind of a, a subconscious attempt to either 
uh, pre-deflect criticism or to, uh, you know, humble brag. But some music needs work and some music needs to feel spontaneous. And like, this is one of those cases where I feel like the, the music really needed to have that kind of that lightweight feel to it. And as far as the music goes, I thought it was fine. Uh, the tack tack I felt was appropriate and didn't, wasn't too loud for me. And I thought this is a case where I felt like his voice fit with the music. And so that there was a good mixture there. It was like anything more polished probably would have just made the vocals, you know, sound out of place or in, inappropriate or bad or something. I don't know. My biggest uh, complaint with this song was just, again, yeah, the lyrics are kind of forgettable. I would have really preferred it, like if the later in the song, you know, there was a development or a turn, you know, just something uh, instead of just a, a reiteration of the basic idea, you know, just put something into it. I just, I, I really get frustrated when I get two thirds through a, a song and I realize that the only thing I'm going to hear in the last part of the song is just the music and the words that I've already heard. Yeah. 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 Bridge would have improved the song a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An extra little section in there. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Third Cat. Stuck in. Yeah, I like the sort of laid-back rock feel of the song. Uh, There's been a lot of talk on the boards about the first half of the guitar solo on this, which I believe is another experiment of his intention and release. So the the first half of the guitar solo is a little bit trippy melodically, but there's this ominous held bass note that plays throughout the that first half of it, and it just makes you makes your skin crawl just a little bit. Something about it just makes you uncomfortable, and I think that he's doing that on purpose to build the tension. I mean it worked for me um that uneasy feeling you get while the bass note is held is worth the kind of sweet relief you get when it goes away and then the guitar solo goes from being sort of trippy to sort of sweet and pretty and uh, i think that's a cool effect but i suspect for some folks that's too much tension and not everybody can hang with it and i think it probably ruined the song for some people yeah, it's like the the first performance of Rites of Spring. I think <laughs> it's you know the people are just rioting in the streets because they're like, what is going on with this part? <laughs> I, I know I I, uh, I threw a chair through my one of my windows when I heard it. <laughs> but it's it's another impressive tune for Third Cat, and in a less crowded fight with great tunes, I think this could have been a winner. I I, I certainly liked it. One of the first things that kind of jumped out to me is that I usually don't like pauses between song sections, and this definitely has that in a couple of spots, but it's done really well here. And uh, as for the melody and the chord progression, now, you know, Third Cat is really winning me over. You know, like I listen to some of these of these turns in the chord progressions, and I'm like, how did they do that? You know, and I, so I, I, I picked up my guitar to learn this song, and I, I do that so, so rarely for songs that are submitted to song fight you know it's just it's just such a sweet turn you know and i'm i'm definitely 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 stealing this chord progression <laughs> good and i'm definitely voting for this song but yeah yeah so my thoughts cool yeah um i this this song kind of surprised me actually and it's uh it's far and away my favorite of the entire fight um yeah, yeah the pauses were great again you know i'm i 
don't like it when a song sounds too samey all the way through. I, just, I love, you know, good use of pauses. Um, the the musical break in the middle was great, although I would have, I, th- I feel like the uh, percussion should have like come down a notch during that part to let the uh, instruments have more uh, breathing room. Um, they're just a little too loud there and the instruments are doing cool stuff there. And the voice, it works, it gives the, it emphasizes the melancholy tone that's in the lyrics. The lyrics are, you know, lightweight, but they have a couple of good spots, which uh, I was happy with. And the lyrics, I mean, the music is strong enough. The lyrics don't have to be amazing on, on this swing. And I thought that the length was just perfect. You know, it got in, it's a little bit short, but it just did, it had its effect and it didn't feel the need to repeat something just to pass the three minute mark. And I thought it, en- it ended perfectly. And it really, uh, it encouraged me to go back and listen to it again. Nice. Did either of you guys like feel that tension problem that I was talking about? Did 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 it? Uh, did you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I I just noticed it's like there there's something really wrong about you know it's like there's this there's that part where it's like what what wait 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 what's going on here and then and then it resolves and it's really nice. Yeah. And it was uh, it was interesting and it was different and uh, yeah I, I think that the, the people who felt unease uh, you know and complained about it in the boards you know <laughs> I tell them something's actually happening in this song you know <laughs> right. just, just appreciate it <laughs> um, I I can't say that I noticed it because I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> I, I I have to go back and listen to the song and I may have to go back and listen to your description of it to even know what you're it sounds like the sort of thing that I probably would not notice, although I'm sure that some part of my brain is picking it up subconsciously and that's and it's, you know, contributing to the overall effect. And that's one of the reasons why I like the song. But yeah, I'm not to the point where I can like do that kind of analytical stuff. So. Well, I, th- I think part of it is you've got a background in Harry Parch and uh, George Crumb and all that stuff. And, and quarter tones are not, you know, unusual to you and things that are that to us are, you know, sound dissonant. Uh, you know, you're you're more accustomed to it. I think when with us who, you know, if it's not Rolling Stones or Cleden's Clearwater Revival, we get <laughs> like, what the confused. fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm sure by Rolling Stones and and CCR, you really meant Alice Cooper and Twisted Sister. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Hey, too close to home. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, all right. So lastly, rounding out, we have Tim Hinkle. The clown costume. On all us men smelling like autumn leaves when the great white bed promised to make us all rich. 
Tim really, again, manages to nail that sort of 60s folk sound. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Mellotron has a lot to do with that, along with his sort of rich uh, folk vocal style. Uh, I'm really impressed by his vocal range. There's some really low notes and some really high notes. Like on, um, let's see, the line, Dismantling Her Appetite for Joy. There's like these super high notes. I I'm actually wondering if there's a female vocalist that he got to help him. I, I feel like we've had this conversation before and maybe it wasn't, but... Yeah, really high notes, really low notes, so I thought that was really cool. He's a great singer, he's got great technique. It's also interesting that Glennie used a Mellotron during this fight, so it's it's cool that all the technology that we have access to these days, it's pretty easy to just go get whatever sounds you want. Like if you want a Mellotron, you can have a Mellotron. Um, the vocal melody in this goes to some unexpected places at times, and it, it, it's kind of a ride, and it works, uh, and it has a great feel to it. Uh, this was another song that I quite enjoyed. I, it, I like the sort of the time warps thing of going back to that '60s folk sound. It just it worked for me. I, I'd had high hopes for this uh, song after Hinkle's uh, tearing history down one, and uh, this is not as good a follow-up as I was hoping for. He's got a great voice, but that, that synthesizer is is terrible. Uh, I know you, you kind of liked it, but I just thought it was it was it was bad and it was used. Poorly. Oh, you thought the Mellotron sounded bad? Yeah, yeah, and I don't even know where to start with those drums, man. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're partially off time, and it's a weird sort of a. I just, I, I just didn't, didn't like that at all. Um, and, uh, and his voice was a little pitchy here and there, but I, I didn't mind it as much uh, as those other elements. You know, um, I didn't love the melody. I didn't love the chord progression. Um, I didn't love the song structure. And I thought those the, the synth and the drums were were just bad. Um, and this might be part of kind of expectations that I'd put on the song after the tearing history down fight. Uh, but it, you know, it probably doesn't matter. Uh, the song just didn't do it for me. Great voice. I like the lyrics, even if I don't really understand them all that much. But uh, the song as a whole was just sort of not my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... I didn't think the music was bad. Uh, it just didn't work for me. Uh, I, I think I wrote, I, just, I thought of it as plotting. Um, I don't know if that's fair, but for whatever reason, I, I didn't think that the, the actually did anything wrong per se. It just wasn't my thing. Um, and once again, I felt like this was a song that is about something that's rather specific and I should recognize it, but I don't. And that, again, that was distracting. And like, when it came to the, the, the one of the last lines where it says, you don't in the least understand, I, I wrote, yeah, well, whose fault is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, okay, now no, part of this though, uh, just to be a little fair here, the special optional challenge was okay i've lost it now oh yeah un, un, uncommon words yeah so that that might have helped some of these songs and especially that one to uh to end up being a little out uh, in left field yeah hmm i mean i pretty much know what all those words are i think i did have to like look one up to make sure because it has multiple meanings or, or you just mean that the in attempt to use strange words they let their uh their their meaning get too uh, obfuscated could, i mean yeah well could be i mean like mm -hmm. you know, the lucubrations or lucubrations i don't even know what that is it's a uh, thoughts thoughts oh, okay a th you know uh cogitation okay and those are 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm right about that. You know, I'm so used to talking out my ass and being right. <laughs> that must be Labor- nice. Yeah. Uh, laborious cogitation. Okay. Yeah. Although it, can, uh, it does have a second meaning, which I was not familiar with, a solemn literary work that is the product of laborious cogitation. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. Cool. Cool. I learned something today. Today we learned. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I, I really was hoping to see a lot more of these kinds of words in the in the songs. I'm a little down, bummed by the fact that this is like one of the only ones that really sent me to the dictionary. I was really bummed, for example, that uh, the uh, that one song by uh, Trickertorium didn't use "watch it" instead of "blue." Yeah, sorry about that. It, it, I couldn't <laughs> find anything to rhyme it with. <laughs> no, I had a point where it wasn't in a rhyme. You could have used it there. I swear it would have worked. All right, next time. <laughs> All right, I, I think that brings us to the end. Uh, do you guys have any closing comments? I don't know. Are we going to do that thing where we go over who we're voting for and who we're not voting for? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, uh, I think we're all voting for Berkeley social scene besides Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> are, are you going to vote, Brian? Well, I've done all this work. I feel like I ought to. You ought yeah. to. I, I, try, I, try to, I try to vote in song fight when I have the time. I just usually don't have, have the time. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, at least I try to vote in song fight when you guys have something in there. I feel like it's only fair. Like, Although I have to say, I, again, so many of the times that you've won song fight is the time when I haven't voted. I feel like maybe I shouldn't, but you guys aren't too, uh, too uh, uh, worried about this song. So maybe I'll go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to win this one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's, I think it's got three votes against already. So <laughs> out of the gate. So we're, we're, we're behind. There are going to have to be a lot of Alice Cooper lovers. Out there. <laughs> All right. So Berkeley social scenes, two thumbs up, one thumbs down. Uh, ghost pup. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'm ambivalent, so I'm probably not going to vote for this one. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to vote for it. I thought, uh, yeah, it, it didn't, didn't really do all that much for me. So no. Yeah. Voice turned me off. I'd have to have some, uh, reason why I misunderstood what the vocals were doing to vote for it. Right. Uh, Glenn case, uh, I'm going to, log into multiple computers and vote multiple times for this. This, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm also voting for this one. Uh, he's, he's reliably just a very catchy tune master. Yeah. He's a fan of uh, Angie Partridge from XTC. I think that's where he gets some of his uh, songwriting inspiration from. I can imagine that. What about you, Brian? Um, I feel like positive towards it. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many I'm going to actually come up with liking you know, if it's too many, I might, this one might get pushed out because I don't want to vote for, you know, half of them. I, I try to like vote, shoot for somewhere around one third, look for a good cutoff point for my votes, generally speaking. But we'll see. I, I, this one could very well, I could very easily wind up voting for it. Yeah. All right. So Glennie with the, with the sort of novelty Muppet song. Yeah. What, what about you? Yeah. yeah. Didn't you like this, the music on this, the best, Brian? Yeah. Again, I, if uh, if this was an instrumental, I would totally vote for it. I would uh, I would be grab- borrowing people's cell phones and voting from those. <laughs> uh, whether I will vote for this with the lyrics, I don't know. Again, I'm going to have to see how it stacks up when I do the final uh, consideration. 
Yeah, I think uh, it misses a vote for me just because of the novelty of it. Uh, this was not quite as funny as his 49 Ways to Land a Dude song, which I'm pretty sure I would have voted for. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, again, you know, I just I, I have so many negative associations with Smurfs. I don't it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So so just to be clear, uh, Chumpy, you would vote for this if there was more fucking in it. <laughs> yes. Smurf, if it was if it had more Smurfs boning each other. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more Smurf dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so we yeah, learn, learn let's the not encourage people to do explicit Smurf porn in their songs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Are you are you bullish on this one? I honestly, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm not going to vote for it. And I think, you know, and it's, it's not exactly the novelty. It's the, it's the execution of the novelty aspect of the song and, and how the, I, I honestly am a little annoyed by how well the chorus resolves. There's something about it that makes it sound a little too simple, a little too, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. you know it's it's all it's a little too I, I don't even know how to put it like uh like too obvious maybe yeah i get well yeah i guess so a little too uh, kiddie song or a little too mm. you know, <laughs> it is about smurf song mm. yeah that's true that's yeah, true. the song's maybe not for kids you know yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be if we were to write it <laughs> well, I don't think it was here either. You know, I mean, there's definitely uh, an, uh, an adult who used to listen to the Smurfs is definitely the audience here. All right. And again, you know, I, I want to say also the music, I didn't mind the music being obvious, but again, the lyrics were also didn't really have anything clever about them other than the fact that it was about the Smurfs. If the, if the lyrics had been more clever, it would have gotten past the novelty song. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't think any of us are voting for the Jerkatorium song. So hmm. that much mm -hmm. to say there. I, I think I, we've I all might, agreed. I, Go ahead. I, I might have to vote for it just in case Alice asks me. <laughs> oh. That's right. She is a fan. Yeah, I don't actually I don't really know how I, she told me that she really liked it. But I think at that point, she barely had time to listen to the whole thing all the way through. So I really I'm curious to see how she reacts to the whole thing. But I think she's got she's got enough uh, love for D and D stuff that she probably actually enjoyed the song. Uh, yeah, she might. She is training yeah. to be a ranger after all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So for Lycanthrope, uh, Brian, I think you had some relatively positive associations with the song. Well, yeah. Again, I feel like it's hard because I feel like Lycanthrope has potential, and the song uh, missed it. Okay. So. I don't know if I can ultimately vote for it. I just feel like, I just like, yeah, there's just a few things you could change and it would be just so much more appropriate for what you're trying to do, or what I think you should be trying to do. Maybe it's not what he's trying to do. Right. But all those missing things makes me kind of down on it. There are better like and throat songs out there. So I think this one misses yeah. my vote. Yeah. yeah. I, you guys should send me uh, maybe the, some. what are the, some of the good like and throat songs? I, I liked what I know that uh, Chumpy wasn't as hot on it, but uh, I liked the one that he did for tearing history down. I hmm. thought it was pretty good. Cool. Um, I'll have to like kind of go back and, and see. There's there's some that uh, I'll have to like reread some of my earlier reviews or something like that because there's some that he he like really kind of stretches out a little bit and gets a little bit more instrumentation and is a little bit more adventurous and the, and he he does well on those. Mm -hmm. cases. But this one is a step back to his, you know, kind of his comfort zone. And uh, I'm, I don't like his comfort zone all that much. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, what about you, Mike? Um, I I seem to remember. Didn't we like his My Last Nerve? I don't recall. I'll have to go check. Oh wait, he wasn't in that fight. Never mind. <laughs> that's why we like it. Oh. <laughs> oh, joke. That's a joke. That's a that's for yucks. <laughs> yeah, little, little horn. <laughs> All right, so um, Paco del Stinko. Uh, vote for me. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Vote for me too. Like, yeah. you just can't ignore quality, even if you, <laughs> even if you don't totally get the song. I mean, you can you can appreciate the work that went into it. Yeah. What the hell is it about? Yeah. It's the only thing that bugs me. It's like it's, it seems like kind of sci-fi or maybe bugs or maybe I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Why can't it be both bugs and sci-fi, Ryan? <laughs> little column A, little column B. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I focus so much more on lyrics than you guys do, I think, just because I don't have a good sense of ha- being able to analyze music. So the the problems with the lyrics are just really annoying me. But I think in the end, I did really uh he does a lot of stuff with the music that is kind of unique that I wish more people would do. So I'm probably going to vote for this one too. Yeah, I really liked his psychedelic breakdown. I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, Pig Farmer. Um, I I like this Pig Farmer song. Uh, I thought it was some of his best singing, and I really liked the harmonies on the chorus. So uh, he gets a vote from me. Yeah. Um, I'm not voting just because there's there's nothing really here for me, and there's nothing really new. And, yeah, uh, it's still fine enough job, but it doesn't it doesn't have anything for me. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat. Uh, music is fine, lyrics for blah. It's not enough to to excite me. Right, and I think let's see for third cat. I'm pretty sure we're talking three thumbs up for this one. This this might yeah. be our, our all we agree. We all agree this is this is a good song. Yeah. I would love for this one to to win, but it's such strong competition with Berkeley social scene, Glenn Case and Paco. I, I, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. This is the only song that I just, I had absolutely no reservations about. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I would not be surprised if third cat, Glenn Case and Paco were all sort of at the top. Mm -hmm. I hope so though. I think third cat in the past, they've scored lower than I've expected. You know, it's like they've uh, I thought that their songs are good and I'm kind of surprised that they're not in the top two or three sometimes, um, although I might be mis- misremembering. It's just sometimes I'm like, oh, wait, why didn't that score better? Yeah, well, sometimes songs fight is just a popularity contest. That's right. You got to wear your uh, your wigs and your makeup and, uh... <laughs> and wear your safety pins to high school. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. All right, and Tim Hinkle. Uh, Tim Hinkle gets a vote from me. I mean, I liked it, but I think you guys um, didn't quite appreciate it as much. Yeah, yeah. not not for me. I can't yeah. believe you didn't like the sound of that Mellotron. I thought it sounded really cool. I th- it was it was so I, I you know that's one of those things that just stuck out as really annoying to me. I think your surprise at my not being able to appreciate it is uh, is damning for your own taste in music. <laughs> it shows that, you, that everything I thought I knew about you is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, is this the end of Trickatorium? <laughs> we're, we're just, yeah. And you know, I, I, I yeah, no, I'll, I'll just get last, uh, last go at all of our mixes and I'll just strip out everything that he likes. <laughs> all right. Um, I think we're done gentlemen. Brian, thanks. Whoa. Thanks so much whoa, for joining whoa, whoa, whoa. us. Are we not? Are we not going to uh, review the art? Oh yeah, oh, let's yeah. talk about the art. <laughs> well, I, I just want to call out that one person in the art also thought of Smurfette. So 
I think that's worth noting. Let's uh, let me look at the art archive. I don't think yeah. I've seen them all. Gaulot uh, put Smurfette for the cover. Oh yeah. Wait, isn't oh. that you? No, I don't think so. No, uh, you don't think so. <laughs> I feel like I would know if it was. <laughs> all right. I, I do appear uh, actually in one of the covers. In fact, uh, in the winning cover. Uh, uh, the happy triangle uh, insisted that I do all the lettering on it. And as you can tell, it is the best thing about this entire song fight. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. We all worked on the blue women, woman fight. Yeah. Yeah. This is a completely biased uh, uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. I would have voted for more, but that calligraphy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and you signed it too. What balls? No, Alice insisted that I sign it. Oh, I wasn't okay. going to, but she said, "Like you just, you did over half of it." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Pig Farmer submitted five times to Indigo Wave Art, and it's all yeah. kind of cover bot e. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've noticed. I didn't. Uh, I'm kind of glad that Pig Farmer didn't win uh, for her Blue Woman. Yes, because I thought they were just a little too uh, straightforward and a little yeah. too much going in the wrong direction. Well, I'm not sure, but I kind I get the impression that the Fight Master tends to prefer things that are done. I don't, I don't know. Like hand-drawn. Yeah. Yeah, hand yeah. More than just like what the cover bot spits out. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. if you see, if, if you see something that somebody actually put some serious effort into, instead of just going into Photoshop and mm -hmm. putting stuff in, then, uh, then I, I think he's pretty good about, uh, yeah. about choosing but that. But I also, yeah, I feel like the, the, like the song fight cover bot one is just forgettable. And I feel like, uh, too many pig farmers' entries are in a very similar vein, you know. Though they have the advantage of having better, uh, uh, you know, graphic design with the placement of the uh, of the title, etc. Yeah. Well, since we're on it, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the cover bot. Like, oh, if, if you like. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. so how 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 does it pick images? Yeah. Uh, it just does a. Uh, it when it sees that uh, the Song Fight webpage has a new title up, it uh, grabs the title and it does a Google image search. Since it's only doing you know one search every two weeks, you know it's well within the limitations for a free account. So, you know I just uh, got a, a Google API license and it tries to search for stuff that is uh, photographic and it tries to search for stuff that is completely not under copyright or you know royalty free it's in the public domain preferably but obviously that's only as good as uh, google's promises on the image search and yeah and then it uh, grabs the first 10 results downloads the the full-sized uh, version of the image um, and then it checks to see how close it is to being a square if it's too wide horizontally, then it, it tries to crop out uh, the middle part. If it's too tall, then it just puts uh, bars on the edges to get into a square shape. And then it uh, just plasters a title across the top. It, uh, it tries several times to try to find the largest font size that'll go all the way across without any risk of it getting cut off on the top. And then sticks the Song Fight logo in the bottom right-hand corner, for, except for the smallest one, because it's just the Song Fight logo is completely illegible for the 100 by 100 pixel version. Yeah, it, it then shrinks it down to the, the three different sizes and puts for each one of those up onto a web page. So you have ideally 10 choices on a web page and then 
you know, sometimes one or two of the images don't load because the uh, the Google image search returned a result that no longer exists, or there was a network interruption or something. And so it always produces at least one album cover that's just a pure gradient. And just so in case all of the images it picks fail or, or have some issue with them, that they're just completely useless. There's at least one cover that's possible. And then anyway, it just puts it up on a web page um, with a form. And anybody can come along and click on a submit button next to the one they think is actually worth looking at. And it'll submit it to the song fight art submission. Cool. Good and stuff. so, yeah. And so um, the whole reason this came about was just because uh, back, you know, a couple of years ago, Ryan happened to mention to me that uh, sometimes the a song fight would finish, but there would be zero art submissions and the songs would release would be held up while the, uh, while Spud or well, um, somebody would just like rag people in the forum to submit some kind of art so that they yeah. could proceed. And I thought, God, it sh they, you should have a default. Like if nothing else, you should have at least one entry that everybody can just use. It's just not completely um, terrible. And cause like this, nobody really cares that much about the art that should hold up the song fight. Yeah. And so the original song fight actually just made pick um, the first uh, result from Google image and just submit it directly. And then, but after a couple of those, we thought, okay, that was really terrible. That was like, actually like awful. I don't even, I wish we hadn't even seen that, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know? And so uh, we got the, I think it was my, it was just, I was trying to figure out, I wanted to make it as automatic as possible. So people couldn't even, wouldn't even have to look at it. But then I decided, well, you know, it's okay if nobody looks at it. And then if nobody else submits something, we can just go quickly do something. And that's when I got the idea of just having an easy form to fill out. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so that's what it turned into. And it seems to have uh, done its job really well. Although it's not nearly as important nowadays because right now pig farmer seems to be doing the job of the song fight cover bot. And yeah, he's doing, he's doing a good job with those. Yeah. Too. He seems to be oh. beating it on the regular now. Well, as, as well, he should. Yeah. I mean, the song fight cover bot should not win unless, you know, I mean, at, even if pig farmer is just like, you know, slapping a title on some other photo, he's still putting more work into it than the cover bot is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the point is like it's there. Even even when uh, there's an art submission that doesn't have a cover bot, there were covers generated. Just nobody bothered to submit one because right. they didn't need to, and that's great. Well, occasionally there's there's just amazing fails. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh um, god, yeah. That's yes, that 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 convinced me to like okay, we're just getting rid of the automatic submission part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's the uh, the yes, you're a robot. Apparently, it has problems with certain um, punctuation. Um, yeah, that was that was. I got a bunch of error messages. I fixed that bug. Oh, okay. But then, but yeah, also, I got, I got, I was getting error messages every few hours until I went and fixed it. Oh, uh, okay. Also, there was like a, um, what was it? I, it was one of the old ones, maybe guessing game or something. Like more than half of the options were pictures of like Mussolini and Hitler and stuff like that. Oh like, yeah. How the hell did that get picked up? <laughs> I have you know, no like, idea. I, I don't know, but the cover bot seems to have sort of fascist leanings. I've noticed that in the past. <laughs> I think that part of that is the, is the public domain uh, demand on there. Sometimes you just get stuff that's just old. Um, I, I wonder if guessing game is like somehow related to something going on World War Two. Sometimes you get uh, the song fight cover bots gets like eight copies of just like basically the same scene shot from different directions because it came up with nothing but one person's photo album that was in the public domain and so yeah yeah and sometimes the uh you know the, the titles themselves are a little bit obtuse 
Yeah. yeah. When there's a concrete object for it to Google for, it does really well. Like uh, Praying Mantis, I think, is the cover bot's greatest hit. Yep, oh, yeah, definitely. So many beauty shots of uh, of praying mantises through uh, fo- uh, macro photo lenses because they're so cute. Yeah, and, and the one I think Ryan was the one who picked out the one that got submitted. You know, it was just one that it just so happened that the uh, the, and the the typography just lined up perfectly. Do you guys have a favorite cover uh, for this one? Oh, just for any song fight. Uh, I know Ryan's done some pretty cool ones in the past, but none of them come to mind at the moment. I love this high school safety pin parade one. I have to oh, say. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, beautiful. it was my idea, but like Ryan's execution on it is brilliant. Yeah, I, I wish it was a little less uh, Microsoft Paint E. But <laughs> uh, if if I wanted to do anything better, I would have had to have like printed it out in color and then done it manually and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, forget that. Uh, Ryan's <laughs> dominatrix cover image is also awesome. Like anytime yeah. you can use the trumpet guy and the guitar guy in memes, it, it works. Yeah, Alice was quite a fan of that one too, just for that exact reason. Yeah, <laughs> there's also a guitar and trumpet in the high school safety pin parade one too, which is amazing. Oh yeah, that's right. You just gotta look for it. Yeah. Oh, I guess I do kind of have a soft spot in my heart for the uh, cover for Incandescent, because just oh, because yeah. that was the very first Happy Triangle cover, and I was so pleased that uh, it got selected. I mean, it's it is. Photoshop shop. It's not. Uh, it's not actually done by somebody drawing, but it was at least you know more than just grabbing a photo that somebody else had made. Yeah, it was super clever too. Yeah, it yeah, it worked good. really well. Yeah, I also like Glenny's work. Uh, he does these watercolors, and he did one for uh, fashion, oh, yeah? which I thought was really great. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I hope Glenny does more because he's he's a good artist. Yeah, uh, he's done very few though, hasn't he? Just like a handful? Or I guess he's done more other ones. I have to just go farther back. Uh, he also did Meat Grinder. Yeah. And Hot Mess. And Leave My Brother Alone. Oh, yeah. no, he did one for Leave My Brother Alone, but they picked mine instead. I, I liked his better. He should have gotten Yeah. Better. The Hot yeah, Mess I'm one with... is good. It's got Caravan Ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. The uh, His Leave My Brother Alone should have been the, the one I got picked. Okay, we're done, folks. Good job. Good podcast. Thanks again, Brian, for uh, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I, I, I hope that uh, at least my uh, untutored opinions are at least an, an interesting change. Yeah, no, we're editing you out. <laughs> oh, my God. How the pressure's <laughs> off. Oh, man. Well, I just want to say then that all you guys are suckers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cue theme music. All right. Uh, do any shout-outs? You want to plug anything? Um, I just want to—I just want to say thank you to Alice for and for Dricatorium for finally getting a cover and a song in on the same fight. I've been trying to get that to happen for a long time. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, spoilers—we're going to be doing it for uh, Spin Tunes, which is coming up soon. Anybody listening to this, please sign up for Spin Tunes and compete. Yeah, Micah will be judges as well for Spin Tunes this year. Or Micah will be judging as well with us. That's right. That's right. So get in it. Do it. Spin it. Make it happen. All right, we're out. <laughs>